Hi, JCU crewmates. Before we begin this episode, we wanted to talk about how this episode is sponsored by the fact that Ian did not once mention Magic the Gathering during the whole podcast. This is just a sight to behold. The restraint that this man has is incredible. People, this is an epic performance on par with Kobe Bryant's spectacular 81-point game in January of 2006. R.I.P. Kobe. This is a flawless run of Contra without the Konami code. This is quite possibly the greatest, most quintessential example of self-control ever presented in the entirety of nerd culture history. Not since the first comic book nerd, not to correct someone for claiming Barry Allen was the first Flash, have we seen any nerd anywhere show a greater amount of discipline. It cannot be overstated how odd we members of the JCU crew were at this level of judiciousness. So without further ado, it is our great honor and pleasure to present to you this episode of the JCU podcast in its entirety. Please enjoy. You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start the podcast now. <laughs> What's up, listeners? You're catching yet another episode of the JCU podcast. I'm your host Sean. You're tuning into the podcast where me and the JCU crew get together to just catch up. Each and every episode, one or more of us will bring a topic of discussion, which we will dive into headfirst for you, our faithful listeners. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Listen Notes, RSS feeds, and YouTube by searching for the JCU Podcast. And also on Twitter at JCU Podcast One. That's JCU Podcast, the number one. If you want to support the podcast, please do all of the chosen platform things follow, like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell so you don't miss a new episode. Should I make the <laughs> YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, why haven't you made the YouTube channel? <laughs> uh, coronavirus. Yeah, uh, yeah, Wait, what? I, <laughs> How does that, what? No, no, no that, that's, that's a legit excuse. Walk us through this. Yeah, walk me through how coronavirus has prevented you from creating the YouTube channel. I want Corona- to <laughs> Coronavirus prevents everything, my friend. Yes. Uh, coronavirus isn't preventing this podcast right now. Isn't it, though? Isn't it just no? Because we're doing it. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna do the roll call now since you've already introduced <laughs> yourselves. Up first, out of his office, his rockets ignite. He produces a podcast faster than light. It's Master Bates himself. It's Ian. Can we stop calling me that? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, now we like, kind of have to, don't we? Like, like I actually want us to stop calling you that. All right, fine. I'll stop calling you that. We'll figure out some other incredibly embarrassing thing to call you. That's fine. It's just, it's, I would prefer not to refer to the old series anymore. It's going to be worse than Master Bates himself, I promise you that. As long as we're not referencing the old series, that's fine. <laughs> he really doesn't want to reference the old series. Moving on. 
It's the Lord of the theme song, the musician who stalks. The beats call him brother. It's the composer who walks. Nathan! Hey, what's up? <laughs> Just got done recording some Ood earlier today. No, I heard the, te- the, the tentacle monsters uh, from Doctor Who? Oh, the no. instrument. It's uh, a Middle Eastern uh, lute instrument. Yeah. I was talking to Nathan earlier. He's doing this for his uh, documentary. Yeah. Yes, Nathan works on documentaries. Which I expect all of the listeners to support this documentary because I will. I'm definitely so interested. This documentary is about Garden City, Kansas. It has not been released yet, but if you wish to watch a documentary I have worked on that is released, uh, check out Big Fur about a Canadian taxidermist who wants to build a Bigfoot. Nice. Build yeah. a Bigfoot. Like a taxidermist. Taxidermied Bigfoot. Okay, so, it's not, he so he's not like one Orbison uh, karaoke impersonator. Wait, <laughs> movie dot com, I think. Wait, the taxidermist or Bigfoot? No, the taxidermist. <laughs> Although, there, have you guys seen the sax squatch on Facebook? It's a a guy dressed up as a sasquatch who plays saxophone in the woods. I have not. That is awesome. It's pretty great. I'm jealous. I didn't have that idea first. <laughs> <laughs> sax squatch. That is hilarious. How, how you make money off of that? Well, you dress up like a Sasquatch. You play the saxophone. People give you money. That is literally true. Uh, I think there's a Patreon for uh, the Sax Squatch. I don't quite know how the the money uh, transfer or the, the exchange rate for uh, Bigfoot dollars is to U.S. dollars, but I'm pretty sure it's higher than the U.S. dollar at this point. Probably. I mean, just like Bigfoot's bigger than we are, its money is probably also bigger. I mean, everything is bigger than than we are than our dollar right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know what the the U.S. dollar how it's doing right now, but very can't poorly. Imagine, can't imagine it's doing well. No, it's doing the, very bad. Fair, I can't imagine any currency is doing well at the moment. So maybe it balances out. Except for Bigfoot money. Bigfoot money's Bigfoot money is crushing exception, it for sure. Bigfoot, Bigfoot money and Bitcoin are crushing it right now. Oh, that's a hell of a long introduction. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not even done with it yet. <laughs> Next up, in brightest day, nor blackest night, no plot hole shall escape his sight. It's Jim. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the honor of the Lantern Corps. I much appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Oh. Last but not least, his skill with the ladies is legend. His game conquers all. Armed with his power, we never shall fall. It's Caleb! Hello, everybody. Hey, hey. How you doing? And of course, by their powers combined. Your name is... That was promised. The revolution that isn't televised, but still brought to you by the power of the internet, coming at you from my seat in the heart of power... Ah, coming at you from my seat of power in the heart of Castle Grayskull. I host the podcast, and my name is Captain Sean. Actually, no, your name is set nickname on the uh, on our chat. Yeah, because I haven't done that yet. No, 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 no. Your nickname is set nickname. Yeah, I know, because I haven't done that yet. No, I changed your nickname to I set nickname. Oh, my God. See, this is, this is the problem with Ian. See, th- I wasn't on Facebook. And then Ian put me on Facebook, if you if you recall that. It's been downhill ever since. Yeah, it has been downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah, Facebook's kind of gone downhill. Make yes. sure you check out our Facebook. It is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we are on Facebook. It's you can check Facebook. us out on Google+. Yes. yes. Google+. Plus oh, I forgot anymore. I had it. I forgot I had one of those. Oh, my God. Wait, what? Google... We have a MySpace. Google+, Plus ain't around anymore. It's, check us it's... out on Friendster. 
Google Plus is still in our hearts, Ian. It will always be in our hearts. I remember because they forced us to combine uh, YouTube and Google Plus so that the comments can be done through there, and everybody yeah. loved that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we all did. We, no. we loved it. No, we absolutely loved no, it. I don't even remember it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, did that happen? Tagline for uh, the Bigfoot documentary. Yes, I do. If world champion taxidermist Ken Walker can't find Bigfoot, he'll make one. You know what? That's not as impressive dumb, as I thought dumb. it would be. No, that's yeah. that sounds ominous, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna he's gonna lie about it. Bigfoot to go <laughs> yeah. into the woods and like capture children and like throw them in caves. Oh god, yeah. no! Why? That's <laughs> now see that is an what awesome movie. Does. I want to see that movie. <laughs> I want to see that movie, and you know what? I yeah, dang it! I somebody yeah, get a hold. Of you know what? You know who? You know who would? You know who would have been perfect as Bigfoot in that movie? The late great Robin Williams. Aww, yeah. That would have been a kick-ass movie. <laughs> and they could call it Bigfoot versus Mega Mecha Bigfoot, and uh, the animatronic Bigfoot. At one point, it would lose all the fur and just be a giant robot, and then out of nowhere would come the real Bigfoot to save the kids. Yeah, it would be like Terminator Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, and, then Big, and then Bigfoot would have to kill it by lowering it into a vat of molten lead. And then it would give a thumbs up as it was falling into the lead. And that would be the end of Mecha Bigfoot. And Mecha Bigfoot would be played by Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know what else is a really good movie? The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, That's why we're going to be talking about that movie today. Mm. That's what today's topic is. So I wrote in my notes yesterday, but it's been last week at the time of this recording. We did our very first watch-along episode. We did a commentary. that that should be up for you, dear listeners, hopefully around the same time as this podcast goes up, or at least before this podcast goes up. Uh, that watch-along was for the Disney Pixar classic, The Incredibles, which upon having watched it again, I can say is my favorite Disney movie. Uh, I would say but, it's incredible. Yes, it is. But today's episode is going to be primarily a kind of review slash discussion of The Incredibles in its entirety. So any commentary that didn't fit into the watch-along or any concepts that we want to discuss, they're going to go in here. Uh, so I'm going to yield the floor to whoever wants to go first on this. Nobody? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Bueller, do you, do you wish to go first? Bueller? Ian, go first. So yes, The Incredibles. Uh, great superhero movie. Um, you've got the... Uh, the guy who can stretch his arms, you've got the dude made of rock, the dude who sets himself on fire, and uh, the Invisible Woman. Great, great, fantastic movie. It's uh, was it incredible. Oh, you know, was it see, fantastic? It, it, yeah, it took me a second to realize what you're doing because I was like, wait, the guy can't stretch his arms. Is the uh, as soon as he said that, I knew exactly where this <laughs> troll was going. Call him Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like... I, I do I feel that like point. that needs to be pointed out to everyone who keeps saying stuff along the lines of, God, Fantastic Four just can't make a good movie. I say, watch The Incredibles. That's how you do Fantastic Four, because it's a great movie. And it's about a family of superheroes who band together and fight a dude. And I still, yeah, say, and I still say that I know it's a popular thing for everyone to go, you know, the villain had it right. The villain did not have it right. He was a dick. That doesn't mean he wasn't right. No, he was wrong. That's actually the point. That's the the premise of our Dick's episode. Dick can be week, right, right too. Is... That's why we have Iron Man. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So hold on. Hold on. So am I under the impression that Dick's can be correct, yeah. or that Dick's can be right? Because there's there's two different there's two different things. <laughs> You're gonna have to. He, he treated everyone like I crap. Get it. 
And he was mean and awful, and he was wrong. Was oh, wrong. wait. From a very okay. surface value, from a very, very surface value, Ian is absolutely correct. Shall we dig a little deeper beyond the surface? No, nah, I think I think we got it. I'm correct. All right. Thank you, you for are a horrible the, film critic. Thank you for you are the, horrible uh, listening critic. to the JCU podcast. <laughs> we will see you next week. And uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold God, on. I don't want to drop that sentence. <laughs> this is the shortest episode of the podcast ever. No, wait. Hold on. Jim, go ahead. I want to hear what you had to say on this. So, so while I completely agree that Syndrome was a dick, he was, you know, he threatened people's lives. He killed tons of superheroes. But if this, this if we took the story from the position of the kid Syndrome and how he was treated as a kid and what little support he received from his idol, from his father figure, as far as we know, his only father figure, we don't know his family life. Point is, he was shaped by that by those experiences into the man he'd become if he had not been treated that way as a kid he probably would have been the tony stark of their universe looking at his technical skills he created a machine that could help control superheroes in the population something that the government and the populace would have loved again comparing this to something like tony stark in um civil war i i feel like this is this is what tony stark would have been had he not had any support or push from those around him they're both egomaniacs just took different turns in life i'm not excusing his behavior i'm saying that sociologically it makes perfect sense that he became the way he was and i think that his point that you know when people are born and treated as being special and that's all that matters is they're being special it really does push everyone else down it's randy in nature sure your air quotes you know you know who else said that lex luther in fact, Lex Luthor frequently chastises Superman for being special and thinks that he's uh, and thinks that he doesn't deserve all of the extra exactly. special treatment that he gets. Well, Lex Luthor is also the guy who tries to take over the world several times. Yeah, but you see, that's kind of what makes them interesting villains. They're doing bad things, but they're understandable. In fact, it's the same reason why you know you said the Incredibles would make a good Fantastic Four movie. It's the relatability in the movie hmm. of both the heroes and the villains in most superhero movies you get heroes that are either you know metaphorical or literal gods mm -hmm. this we have a family dynamic same thing with the villains normally you might get like a mustache twirling i want to destroy the world villain i found syndrome to be an interesting villain because i thought you know what i get where he's coming from i get it i thought he made sense and while again i'm not saying he did nothing wrong in all of his actions he fucking killed people sorry i forgot language podcast but i don't think he is entirely unrelatable or completely just no nah, he's a dick let's just shove him to the side so let's to just... quote storytelling maestro george r, r. martin no oh boy buddy is a villain in their own story and i think the the, the underlying point of that is that there isn't this binary between heroes and villains and in good stories the villains have a point and the heroes have flaws but that also doesn't mean that the the measures that syndrome took to achieve his albeit understandable goals but to achieve them he committed atrocities he killed killed people um and uh he also to get to the underlying political philosophy of the the movie's director, 
-hmm. he was trying to bring the great people, the, the Ubermen, <coughs> down to our level, which you could make an argument that maybe nobody should have superpowers because then that means that there's no check and balance on them. But It does have a little bit of an Ayn Rand feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, it's literally the plot of well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, he literally created a check on their power. Right. As attested to by the fact that, you know, he killed like 80 of them. So I mean, you're saying, let me see if I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that because a check can be built, that means that they are already being checked and therefore you shouldn't build that check to check them. That's a leap. No, I'm saying that the check check's already been them. built. Yeah, the check's been built. So, you know... Keep the check in place. They have been checked. The machine balances. That's the checks and balances. <laughs> or, or you can argue that the check on their power was the whole uh, what the act that made them stop being superheroes in the first place. True. The fact that you know they started getting sued. <laughs> you know, was the check? The law was the check. Of course, this does. You know, again, relating this to Civil War, this creates the whole throw the baby out with the bathwater issue of. If we eliminate all supers, then that, yes, it's going to take care of property damages, but that's also going to mean, hey, there's no one here to save somebody or to do this thing when the normal authorities aren't capable of doing it. And yet at the same time, well, if we eliminate all supers, what's to say that the villains will follow suit? You know, that doesn't mean we're getting rid of super villains per se. So there are problems with that notion. Again, same thing, Civil yeah. War. Yeah, that Underminer dude just showed up. <laughs> nobody yeah, nobody how really convenient. <laughs> how convenient a supervillain shows up right after a superhero family is like yeah we can go back and do this again <laughs> yeah what would have happened if they hadn't come out of retirement or what would have happened if syndrome had actually taken over what would have happened if underminer just popped up randomly and syndrome had to deal with him i don't think syndrome would have dealt with him or at least not effectively nah yeah. he was used to he was used to dealing with people that held back i mean honestly if syndrome hadn't been there you know i'm sure that other superheroes would be like oh we have a villain it's time to step up the same way that the incredibles did so i feel like it i feel like underminer would have been the less impressive version of syndrome's role in the story regarding let's bring back superheroes it's yeah i, I that's how i see it, at least so what you're saying is that all syndrome needs is a black sidekick named Terrence Howard that he would have been fine. <laughs> that went right over my head. Iron Man. Iron Man. We're relating this to Marvel again. <laughs> Does nobody remember Iron Man and Terrence Howard? I remember Jeez. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now that I know I don't know I didn't know who Terrence Howard was. <laughs> he was the original Rhodey. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> well now you do. Well, I, now I, I do. You need to learn history. It's black I, history. <laughs> Come on, man. My apologies. Come on, man. Come on, bro. It's that Howard, man. Whoop that trick. Hustle and flow. Let's go. He need so syndrome needed someone to teach him how to whoop that trick. Anyway, uh, what I thought was quite possibly uh, one of the most interesting aspects is what the hell happened to the car? Incredible. Oh yeah. yeah. The, uh... oh, yeah the can't he just throws that car at the. <laughs> plane well that but one like how why is it that he just why why did the car why did his credit card just disappear oh, you know what i mean yeah like why why doesn't he keep it can clearly transform into a regular car 
In the original, yeah, like... at the very beginning of the film, he has that Incredibles car that transforms right before he goes to the wedding. Yeah. I'm guessing... Yes. I'm guessing it, it, car. It, it got put into storage probably after all the uh, saw that in the second storage. movie. Yeah, we saw that it was in storage. The thing is, even if it could be disguised, it still has all of the the bells and whistles in it. And so it's like, exactly. no, we don't. No, no, no. The government's saying we don't trust you with this because we don't trust you to not use the bells and whistles. So we're gonna take it and put it in storage with all your other superhero gear. So I guess they can keep his costume because why not? I guess you know something to put on his wall. But I well, mean, I mean, I get it. Well, I mean, it's it's private property. That doesn't belong to the government. They can't take it away from him. That's like telling Iron Man he had to give up the Iron Man suit. It's like, you can't have it. Maybe you it just said it, had, it had to be registered, and so they would know if he was using it. Maybe he just had, maybe it was not that they took it from him, but he had to put it in storage. So the Incredit card was registered at the DMV, apparently? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm speculating here. How do you put, what, what's the? What do you put that? What, how do you put the that on the title on the, on the title registration for that? How does that go? Uh, transforming well, I mean, car. Trans, one transforming. Okay, so what do you register that as? Do you register it as the car that it transforms into, or well, the car? Wait a that minute. It the government. Is? The government knows who they are. They they know their secret identities because you have that one eight. They know. Hey, this guy owns this car. They do have that information. Mm. Wait, do do they? They have to. They must. I mean, did they before that? That's interesting concept. Did they, did they know I mean, again, before? that that agent. I can't remember his name. The one that Rick looks Dicker. like a really old Agent K. Rick Dicker. <laughs> Rick Dicker. Thank you. He he knows them. He's worked with them for years. He's helped relocate their family. He says in the movie. So I mean, clearly he knows. Hey, this guy is Mister Incredible. Therefore, he has the Incredimobile or Incredible Car, whatever you want to call it. Therefore. They know who owns the vehicle. They have it. Well, I mean, well, they know Mister Incredible owns the vehicle, but they don't know that. Um, like, oh God, where's Parr? Uh, they don't. He doesn't know Bob Parr. Yeah, uh, that, owns. I, yeah, he does because he knows Bob Parr is Mister Incredible. That's the point. He meets but him outside the at the hospital. Remember? Yeah, that's he like that. That's my question. Like, how does he know that? Like. Do they know that beforehand, or do they just find that out afterwards? Well, like, considering the agency was about helping the superheroes relocate and form normal lives, they probably had to reach out to them, like, hi, I'm your government representative who's going to help you form your new life. Exactly. That's, protection service. That's, that's yeah, kind that's, of what that's, happens that's, in the sequel, anyway. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's, yeah, that's my question. Like, if they didn't know who they were beforehand, you know what I mean? They could have just stopped being superheroes, and nobody would have known. See that kind of possibly that poses an interesting idea. If all the superheroes are registered, does that mean that the whole uh, Marvel Civil War thing had already happened in the Incredibles universe? Like because that was one of the things of the uh, comic book series and in, uh, in the uh, Civil War is that all the superheroes had to become registered, and a lot of people had problems with that. So does that mean that the Incredibles are registered, like government known operatives and that sort of thing? Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, also, that, I mean, the that issue with dangerous. the problem with, with the part with the pars specifically, though, is that they didn't have that chance to suddenly retire because Bob Parr, or sorry, Mister Incredible, was sued. Yep. So it's like he was a he was a frontal focal point of this whole incident and the whole case right. and the entire movement. So it's like, yeah, there's no way he's going into hiding. He's you know front and center with this whole mess. Well, that's that's my thing though. How do they know? Like, okay. Mr. Incredible is sued, right? Yep. But my argument is if if nobody knows who Mr. Incredible is, then how do you sue him? You see what I'm saying? Like why like I'm trying to figure out like what I'm trying to figure out what the deal was that he could even be sued. 
Well, I guess there's the issue that if he ever were to go out in public as Mr. Incredible and he had dodged that suit and he would have law enforcement after him. Yeah, like Batman. Or Spider-Man. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be in that position. I don't know. Well, it also, maybe it's because after he after he had gotten sued or after somebody had tried to sue him, he perhaps then had to be like, oh, crap, I now have to get a lawyer to defend me. And so this lawyer is probably going to have to know my secret identity and whatnot. Fair enough. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to the backstory of this world now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm super curious as to, like, what the logistics are. And it's like, I want, like, some kind of, like, a, like, a, like, like a novel series or, like, a, like, a, just a comic book series or something that just talks about the backstory of this world, how it got to the point where it was at in the beginning of the first movie so that all the events could take place there after. Can I add how perfectly placed this movie is within its own timeline? Because if you think about this, the events in the Star movie, we talked about this uh, in the last podcast, happened in the 50s, and then both movies in the 60s. When you consider 50s society, that post-war, the booming of suburbia, and like this manufacturing, like all the houses, like every had to be, everyone had to step in line, that to me makes so much sense that that would be the society that says, no, superheroes have to be just like everyone else. They have to put away their costumes and get jobs and be like regular people. Yeah. Like, I feel like the 50s is the perfect time to have that sort of conformity movement in your superhero movie. Thank you, boomers. Yeah, boomers ruin everything. <laughs> Comic book code was also a thing at the time. So yep. it's, it's like that whole cleaning up of superheroes. Mm -hmm. I, I just, whoever, okay, I, oh, I was going to go about Brad Bird. They clearly put so much thought into this, and I love that about it. I mean, also, you got to take into account that, like, the setting was probably chosen because that was the setting that was uh, around at the beginning of like the, the big boom, original big boom of superheroes. Mm -hmm. Like you got Superman uh, shows up, what, prior to World War II? Uh, yeah, 30s. Yep. Yes. So, and then uh, you've got like Superman around, then World War II happens, and then it's kind of like, they kind of dies down. And then right after World War II, you get this huge boom of superheroes coming back that's when you have like the what the silver age i want to call it i think yeah that's when they re that's when they redefined the green lantern and the flash yeah, and they, right. they renewed the hal jordan and barry allen right uh, exactly but also they, they cleaned up a lot of it like a lot of the more violent and dark stuff you see in batman kind of was watered down during that i mean that's when that's when we get 60s yeah. batman right i mean yeah. so you know. adam west adam west and at the same time, that's also when we got uh, Spider-Man as well. I think I think that was 59. I could be wrong. 59, probably 59. around that time. Like, I'm probably thinking around that time because that's because it's uh, that's around the same time that Fantastic Four came around, mm -hmm. which was actually first, if I recall correctly. Yep. Fantastic Four actually came before Spider-Man. Yeah, because Spider-Man's, uh, like, second story was an appearance, and that's yeah. very, like, he, he meets the Fantastic Four in one of the earlier stories. He tries to join. Like, that's, I, think like, I remember Stan, yeah. Superman, uh, then Batman, I think like Wonder Woman, like the rest of the Justice League, then Fantastic Four, then Spider-Man, yeah. if I recall correctly. So one big thing that I notice about this movie that happens in a lot of Pixar films is that they don't really explain how the world works. It's more of a focus on what if X thing uh, had feelings. You know, it's like every Pixar film has basically been a variant off of that. Toy Story is what if toys had feelings. Wally -E is what if, you know, futuristic robots had feelings. Inside Out, what if feelings had feelings? And this, and The Incredibles is 
what if a family of superheroes had feelings, had emotions, and they had to be able to essentially hide themselves from society even more than normal? Um, but yeah, the I mean, think about a lot of the other Pixar films that have done stuff like this. What are the rules of the Toy Story world? What like toys seem to know the rules we're not supposed to interact with people we're not supposed to show the fact that we're alive but why why do they know that we don't really get that answer in the same way that we don't get the answer in the incredibles of how does this society work with superheroes like superheroes can be uh out in public but they also have to like be registered but then they're hidden for a while and yeah. yeah that we don't really world building doesn't really happen in the pixar universe oh man monsters inc how do the doors work how exactly does child oh, screams God. and <laughs> laughter power things yeah exactly but, but the thing is it doesn't take away from the enjoyment or the story because like you said it's not about the world building it's about the intimacy of the characters yeah. it's their interactions that matter i mean Fair these enough. superheroes are not worried about the villain of the week or the destruction of the world or the multiverse colliding. It's the drama between husband and wife, parent and child, siblings, uh, people in their school life, people in their work life. The scenes with Bob and his boss are some of my favorites because you have that whole, he's in his in his heart and soul, he wants to go out and help people, but he has, he's working at an insurance agency yeah. where they're trying to make him not do that. It, it goes to show the style of storytelling that Pixar decides to do, and it really goes against the grain of a lot of modern-day filmmakers who are essentially trying to make the next MCU. Everyone is trying to do that, so every single movie has to meticulously plan out, here's the world we exist in, here's how the world works, here's how the world building happens, and you can see some of that with later Pixar films, like who here has seen... Uh, Outworld is the the one that came out on streaming recently. Was it Outworld? You mean Onward? Onward, that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. Onward. <laughs> Onward. Um, the one with uh, uh, Star Lord and Spider Man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that movie, like that movie, takes a little bit of time to explain some world building stuff. There's magic. Uh, there used to be wizards and stuff, but now magic is mostly gone, and we live in a more modern day society of trolls and yeah i mean and it's basically take a D, D world and modernize it with all the same D D races and technology and just like mm -hmm. hey what if we had goblins and trolls and elves etc cetera, etc cetera, but they're in modern day where magic isn't really that essential to your day-to-day -day life and it, it isn't a terrible will smith movie i <laughs> <laughs> got an orc cop he's my buddy right i'm gonna ride with the orc cop buddy come on that was my rendition of Will Smith's uh, Bright Rap. Yeah. <laughs> why doesn't he do that anymore? Uh, why, doesn't, why doesn't Donald Glover do comedy anymore? I don't know. Like, Will Smith needs to start rapping for all of his movies, even the serious ones. Yes. I, I want to see, see, see a seven pounds rap. <laughs> That's no. That sounds terrible. Actually, I want to. I want to see. It, I want to see a rap for concussion. <laughs> Was that the movie? Is that what it's called? Yeah, concussion, where he's the the Nigerian doctor. Yeah. Ooh, ha -ha. Football players getting hurt. Yeah. Everybody's running around. I'm the doctor, right? I gotta help these football players. Yeah. Ooh, ha -ha. Ooh. Getting <laughs> but yeah, that's I, I can't remember what direction I, I don't know how we got over here, but my original idea was 
Uh, one of the things I like about early Pixar and about basically everything before Wally, I want to say, is that they don't really care too much about world building. They're just like, there are rules to this universe. We don't really have to explain it. You can just kind of intuit whatever you want, and we're just going to tell a story. We're going to start in media's res, uh, not have to give a huge amount of background. It's just there are toys in this world. They can uh, they can move and stuff. This is a post-apocalyptic Earth where one robot is the last sort of living thing on this planet. And with Incredibles, it's just, it's the 40s. There are superheroes. Let's follow a bunch of them and tell a story about them. Like, they don't need to do a lot of world building. That's why we're able to immediately go, oh, okay, this little kid is inventing is inventing his own stuff and wants to become a superhero but he doesn't have the powers and now mr incredible is like i don't want to put you in harm's way but he's also being a very authoritative you know white male figure of the 40s you have to do as i say buddy you cannot no i will not let you help me how dare you buddy i am i am mr in charge man and then he gets smacked down to the you know back down because uh stuff goes sideways so is mr incredible like the villain of the movie then possibly well i mean i mean i mean i mean because like in the beginning yeah. he's he i mean because he's his own villain kind of like how woody in toy story is kind of like his exactly. own worst enemy yeah because like mr incredible yeah. you know he knocks it's buddy down the and then later in the movie you know he he kind of he noticed he's distanced from his family a little bit mm -hmm. and as a as a father and a husband if like if it wasn't for like the the insurance company scenes like you would think that he's a true dick <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean yeah he's like Maybe sitting that's... there like totally not caring about his son getting in trouble at school until he <laughs> I mean, finds out that his son used his powers like, oh, and then he cuts fast. a plate in half. The strengths of these kinds of movies are all about seeing the character flaws in their younger days and how that comes to bite them in the ass in the end. I mean, that's the thing. Like Caleb just said, Mr. Incredible was mean to Buddy and ended up creating his own worst supervillain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those things that makes it more interesting because it gives the characters tragic flaws. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, exactly. if, if you want to yeah. say, yeah, if you want to say, well, you know, if it weren't for Mr. Incredible being mean to you know, buddy, then none of this would have happened. Hubris, Good job. Good job, Bob Parr. Hubris and pride end up playing huge roles in a lot of mm -hmm. Pixar films. It's always about the main character being too prideful, and then the hubris comes and smacks him down a peg, and they have to go, okay, maybe I was in the wrong, and I need to change myself. That like Pixar really plays to sort of an old school style of uh, of writing that keeps it fairly lean and and straightforward which is why i think people like the movies so well is because they're not trying to be anything too complicated they don't really necessarily need to make sequels they did make sequels and they're of varying quality but still like and, uh, every pixar film can kind of be played on its own and first of all is, incredibles needed a sequel okay yeah yeah <laughs> I need more Incredibles. They need to make an Incredibles 3 and an Incredibles 4 and Incredibles 5, 6, 7. Now let's not go crazy here. Uh, no, let's go crazy. Am I want to get nuts? Incredibles Endgame. Exactly. I want to see Incredibles Endgame. The thing is, though, it only really works because the payoff is so is done so well on the island. You know, you, you feel it when, when he apologizes to Cinema. Like he, he is sincere. Like, you know, he recognizes he screwed up. And when he thinks his family is dead, like, oh my God, that scene just tears at my heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
you you feel it, and in the climax, you're like, I don't want to lose you again. And I'm not strong enough. And it's like, yeah, it's not that he's not physically strong enough to defeat the enemy. It's that he's not emotionally strong enough to handle the, losing his family because he's he's been through that and he knows how it just tore him to pieces. Mm -hmm. He threatened to break a woman in half. <laughs> he was so upset. <laughs> like a toothpick. Yeah, he should have said phone book. I would have liked that. <laughs> and I would have broken more of a phone like book. A phone too, book. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does rip a phone book in half, like in the beginning, like early on in the movie. The thing is, like, if you're gonna do that kind of stuff with your characters, like making them their own personal villain, the payoff has to stick the landing. And I think this one does it so well. If they didn't give him those moments of regret, then it'd just be like, okay, he was an asshole, and now it's come by bite him in the ass, and he's dealing with it but here it's like no he recognizes what he has created and the threat he has put his family in because of it mm. and he sees how one, 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 yeah. one could argue though had syndrome not come around would he have just lost his family anyway maybe you know what i, I mean? think so like he was completely neglectful of his of his own child right i like, mean he, he he lost his job before he got the letter from um what was her name mirage mirage so, yeah I mean, he was already in the situation of he's gonna he's gotta get a new job or he's gotta lie to his wife somehow. I mean, he was already in that position of he's lying to his wife about a new job so he can keep doing superhero stuff. Yeah, right. And yeah. then he's already going out doing superhero stuff behind her back. Yeah, with uh, with Frozone on bowling night, air quotes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so he's not caring about his family. He's going out doing superhero stuff even though he knows he's not supposed to be doing that. He's basically ignoring. You know everything that's going on with his kids, you know, and neglecting his wife. You know, I feel like eventually that would have cost him. Oh yeah. Uh, now I want to see that movie. Ooh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I want. I want to see what's that? What's that Adam Driver, uh, Scarlett Johansson movie? Marriage Story. Uh, oh god. Yeah, I want to see Marriage Story, but with The Incredibles. See, that could actually happen. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow for in, uh, Incredibles 3, they do some sort of a time travel thing where someone goes back in time, erases Syndrome, and Mr. Incredible never has to face off against him. Like, say, say Buddy, like, after, after superheroes go into retirement and after everyone decides uh, that, uh, you know, superheroes don't need to exist anymore and the Incredibles go into hiding themselves... Someone just erases Buddy from the timeline, and then they never have to deal with Syndrome, and we get to see Mr. Incredible be the master of his own doom. That's also yeah, like season fun. of the Flash right there. Yeah, I want to see that <laughs> so bad now. Like, it, would be, it wouldn't even be that hard. All you'd have to do is, like, create an alternate universe where Syndrome got killed by his own robot. Yeah. I mean, he was certainly that inept. <laughs> I mean, could, the robot just saw I mean, it like happened anyway. Yeah. He designed he designed the robot to recognize that he was controlling his own robot, destroy the control. So I mean, it's like, yeah, he's he's inept enough to get killed by his own robot. So there you go. That that's your setup. What if Syndrome got killed by his own robot? <laughs> Marriage Story, Incredibles version. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't really. Uh, I can't bring myself to watch Marriage Story. I feel like it would be way <laughs> too depressing, honestly. Oh God, it's gut wrenching. Ugh. So terrible, especially when you get to the part where, like, literally, like you literally hear him wish that his wife got hit by a bus. <laughs> I, I want to see that. I want to see <laughs> the world sucks right now. I don't want to see a movie that reminds me that the world sucks. You need that, Ian. No, I don't. <laughs>
<laughs> you need come to the dark side. I've been come. to Sean. I have been to the dark side and back and dark side and back like several times. I I don't I don't like it anymore. I don't want to be there anymore. Come leave. to the dark side and hang out for a while. I want to leave. We have cookies. Your cookies suck. <laughs> they're not good enough. Well, the, fine. They're Hydrox cookies, but it's not important. The cookies aren't the important thing. It's the darkness. Hydrox came before Oreos, by the way. It's true. Yeah, that's why they suck. <laughs> what? That's why Hydrox cookies suck. Because they they uh, they were the test subject upon which uh, Oreos later perfected the the cream filled cookie. Exactly. They're ah. like they they were like the MySpace of cookies. Ah, <laughs> no, they were the Friendster of cookies. Like you know, they were they were the Tom of of, of cookies. The Google Plus of cookies. <laughs> now I want cookies. Yeah, speaking of which, I'll be right back. <laughs> He's gonna go get cookies now. Oh Jesus! Anyway, Nathan, can so... you bring me a cookie? Yeah, bring bring me a cookie too. To... Yeah, and me too. If you're gonna bring Ian a cookie, bring me one. Yeah, in the same you place. could you could you could hop on him. It won't take that long. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say if he brought you a cookie, Sean, like like you live several states away. Many states away. You live on the other side of the country. Halfway on the other side of the country. Yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of the country. He's on the East Coast, so I mean... (laughs) That's still several thousand miles. Yeah. Look, I would walk 500 miles. Do it. I would walk 500 more. Do it. Just to be the one to bring some cookies to your door. Do it. (laughs) Do it, I dare you. That was a much better song, though. <laughs> I dare you do it. No. Okay, so where were we in our Incredibles discussion before things all went to cookies? So, uh, uh, um, Brad, this is incredible as thick. Brad Bird played Edna. Uh, can, yeah. Oh, oh Edna. Yeah, Edna mode. Best character. No capes. No capes. Edna Mode. Oh my god. Now see, that's another interesting character that I'd like to see more of. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of want to see like her world of being like a fashion designer that works for superheroes. I love that and, like from superhero costume designer to supermodel designer. Just like, yeah, like, but, like I, I, I like the idea of her like trying to balance both. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want, yeah. like, I want to see that. That like, like a fashion <laughs> show where it's like you got like a supermodel walk out there, then you've got like a superhero come after them. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I'm like, how does that? How do you transition that? How does, how does that work? Like, yeah. does, like, does one of your models get one of your superhero suits on accident, and then, yeah, exactly. and then it's like goes I out on see the runway, and it goes out on the runway, and then it like just starts flying off the stage like Iron Man. <laughs> The, the, the fatal mix-up of the superhero costume and the supermodel costume. It's like the supermodel <laughs> is supposed to get, you know, this very slim, revealing dress, and the superhero is supposed to get this, you know, like really, um, like resistant. I don't know, maybe it, like expanding suit thing, and they get switched and just see what happens with that. Like, uh, uh, like to see this really muscular dude superhero in like a backless dress trying to fight crime. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got I can the supermodel. See this, like, in this armor, I can already see this in like a VG Cats comic or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the super, has superhero really? lady in an armored suit, like this supermodel in an armored suit, like trying to rock down the runway, like just like trying to lift like eight hundred pounds of armor, like with each step. 
it was fact, like, oh my god, it's so daring. It's so <laughs> bold. This is something new the fashion world has never seen before. And then sitting there like, oh crap. <laughs> and then everybody, everybody, a, everybody wants the armored suit now. Apparently they got Lily Jomlin to uh, play Edna at first. And she had, um, uh, you might know her from the Magic School Bus as Miss Frizzle. Oh, and, um, I want to see that. Into the Spider Verse, yeah. But um, apparently she heard Brad Bird's rendition of the voice of Edna, and she just turned it down and said, "You." Do it <laughs> <laughs> I want something I like this. Do. Well, then why don't you just do it yourself? Yeah, just exactly. do it. Like, nah, just nah, just go ahead. And take, nah, Brad, you got that. You got that. Handle that. Take handle it, your business. Take <laughs> handle your business, Brad. That. I gotta, I gotta admit that that actually was a pretty uh, amazing characterization there that he pulled off. I was like, that's that's phenomenal. I, I definitely want to see more of that character. You're an elastic girl. Pull yourself together. It's like they didn't have enough of her in either movie. If I'm yeah. being honest, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to see more. I want to see like a movie that I want to see all about her. I want to see a movie all or like just like a short film all about her she should just be like the new like stan lee of like pixar movies and just, oh, like, yes, yes. <laughs> that is perfect every pixar movie from now on needs to have brad bird as edna mode i don't even care how i don't even care if it doesn't even make sense she's in the dentist's office for finding nemo she's uh she's got her own car and cars i mean they do this was with brave the, a the... pixar movie or is brave a disney movie what's, brave what's is the pixar. Um... yes okay so they she do... shows up so she shows i don't know how she shows up in brave she's but i want her <laughs> she's a chipmunk they did that with like the the pizza planet delivery truck for a while remember that like it kept popping up places oh yeah yeah but that's a thing we need Edna. i know i know i know i'm saying what i mean is they've done it with the car they can do it with the character and i'm sure brad bird would you know love it she can show up as she could show up as the pizza truck in the next cars movie (laughs) (laughs) she can show up driving the pizza truck and everybody's like wait hold on they're drivers now wait they're humans me to see a cars movie that's uh Which one? What did you they say, Caleb? Making... Oh, I was saying, how do you get me to watch a Cars movie? That's how. Ah. Yeah. Just put Edna in it. <laughs> just make an Edna-mobile. Technically, I haven't seen any of the Cars movies. Edna-mobile. Seen just... I've seen the first one. I actually liked Cars 3. I thought it was good. Speaking of Cars, I'm, I'm going back to the Incredimobile for a second. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking, like, does Exhibit exist in this world? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Pimp My Ride hasn't been on TV in decades. That's my point. Bring back Pimp My Ride Superhero Edition. I have to look it up now. Yo, dog, I think it's next plastic. Yo, dog, I heard you you like rockets. (laughs) So we put some rockets in your headlights, son. Yo, I heard you like oil slicks, so we got you some oil slicks in the back of this ride, yo. Pimp My Ride has been off the air for 13 years. Yo, I heard you like jacks that pop out of the bottom of your car and make it jump. So we put some of those in the back of your car and make it jump. Uh-oh. I found a video. It says the untold truth of Pimp My Ride. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Exhibit Ghost Ride rode the whip, and the whip ran over him, and that's why Pimp My Ride doesn't exist anymore. Wait, what? <laughs> what? You don't know what ghost riding the whip is? Nope. I'm not familiar with the hip lingo of today. It's it's when you stupidly Stupid get out of your car while it's in drive, 
and you walk alongside of it with the door open like an idiot. Oh. <laughs> I saw Jeremy Clarkson do that in an episode of, uh, what's not Top Gear, but what's the new one called? The new Top Gear? I don't even know. Bottom Gear? Top Gear. Topper gear. No, no, the one gear. on Amazon. More, more top, more top. Second gear. gear. <laughs> Reverse. Grand Park. tour. Neutral. Grand high, tour. High, higher gear. <laughs> above, above top gear. <laughs> Grand tour was Ow. the name that I was looking not for. Not helpful, Ian. Painful. Not helpful. <laughs> not helpful at all. <laughs> I don't know. He's lost his mind. He's lost his marbles. <laughs> so, can we talk about the the kids for a moment? Because no I thought the kids. The kids and incredible were fantastic like i really thought they did the sibling relationship well but also i think they they did a great job of like portraying like you could see their problems and that their dad was ignoring them and like i can kind of see that if they hadn't if he hadn't changed his ways i would not i would have no problem believing them kind of becoming their own supervillains. like dash for example he is constantly being repressed by by his society and his family he just wants to be himself and he doesn't have an outlet for that yeah. I could see I could see that being his transition to like screw society I'm gonna do what I want and I'm just gonna be a supervillain I guess. Now see and, I'm curious then what's Violet's transformation and, then because is she gonna be Violet, a superhero that fights him or is she gonna be a supervillain as well? Oh yeah, she's no. but you she get the same you get a similar vibe from her that like she she complains about how they're not normal you know nothing about them is normal. She certainly has her own like repressed ang anxiety and anger from all this. I mean, okay, she's being an angsty teenager because she's an angsty teenager. But you know, again, without you know any real proper parent support there, you know, I could see her snapping too. Oh yeah. So what you're saying is, Violet goes full on Carrie at the high school prom. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and invisible. And uses, uses her invisible force so, field to crush everyone's heads. <laughs> In a way, when Syndrome was saying like how he was going to kidnap Jack Jack to get to treat him the way that he that he himself hadn't been treated to be you know a better father to Jack Jack, but by doing what he did in the first place, Syndrome turned Mister Incredible into a better father so that he would then be the better father to his kids that he wouldn't have that he wasn't to Buddy, you know like I could see Dash being like Buddy, but because his dad you know changed his ways and gave him the support. I mean you see that during during the great lie, you know, when he's doing his, job, his side job, mm -hmm. he spends more time with, with, with Dash. You know, they're playing football. And we see it in the second movie, especially, he, we get a lot more time between the father and the kids building relationships there. Mm -hmm. I could I could totally see the kids, you know, from where they were at the start of the movie on a road to being maybe not to the same extent as Buddy, because again, you know, he had been actively harmed by, you know, by, by Bob. That the kids more of neglect, I guess you know. Well, Buddy was already kind of narcissistic. Yeah. yeah, he was. He's. He, yeah, he definitely had an ego. Definitely. Again, that's why I think he's kind of the Tony Stark of the universe. Yeah, he definitely voiced suffered from a little Lee. bit of narcissism. Oh, Buddy. Yeah, voiced by Jason Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, my name is Earl himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jared Leto voiced him. No, Jason Lee. Isn't that the same person? My name is Earl. No. <laughs> My name is Earl is completely different than the Joker. Little wishes he was Jason Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Jared Leto has an Oscar. Yeah, I know. Oof. Yeah, but he has no friends. Oh! <laughs> I just burned you, Jared Leto. We are Suck it. I just spent one podcast Jared defending you. I spent one podcast defending you, and now I burnt you to the ground. <laughs> I'm fickle. 
do that stuff. Are we just going to spend the rest of the podcast ripping on Jared Leto? Because I'd be okay with that. Yes. So we could totally do that, but uh, we'll save that for save that for another episode. All right, next week. Next that'll week's be a episode, very special episode. Yeah. <laughs> next week's episode is going to be just a full hour of burning Jared Leto over and over and over again. No, speaking of burning Jared Leto over and over again, do you remember the movie Panic Room where they burn Jared Leto? Over and over again? Uh, just once, but still. No. Well, I can rewind it's it. also in American it Psycho. Yeah, that's right. He got shot movie. in American Psycho. <laughs> Did they burn him there? No, he got chopped to death. Yeah. So is there a way that I can watch both that scene and the scene where they burn him back to back and just complete rewind that stuff over and over again? Because that, that seems appealing to me. Who played Bella in, uh, in uh, Twilight? What was her name? Kristen, Kirsten, or is it Kirsten or Kristen? Kristen Stewart. Kristen. Yeah, she was she was the daughter in in Panic Room. Panic Room, the Panic one where, the one where Jared Leto got burned. When I first watched it, I thought it was uh, Jodie Foster's son, <laughs> and then years later, someone's like, "Yeah, you know how Kristen Stewart was in that movie," like, <laughs> which is totally fine. I just didn't realize it. <laughs> Jodie Foster. Hey, but back to Jared Leto. I Googled this. There is a YouTube supercut of every time Jared Leto dies or gets mutilated in a movie. Watching that. I'm, uh, I'll like, put it in the chat. chat. <laughs> I'm going to watch that for the rest of the night. I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing. It's actually right, uh, disappointingly <laughs> short. Oh. The Wait, what, yeah, about... Is there also, what about Sean Bean? Is there a, is there a super cut of him there dying? There is, oh, yes, sure. there is. Super cut of Sean Bean deaths. Because that must be like two hours so, long the jared leto video <laughs> is two and a half minutes the sean bean video is like 15 is three and a half minutes what? so they really just cut it. i mean so i'm assuming they just like show his head getting chopped off and then like that's it you don't see any context so it's just like <laughs> oh you gotta appreciate that stuff you gotta take your time with it my favorite sean bean death was how his uh, career dies in the martian <laughs> He also dies three times in Goldeneye. Wait, technically his career didn't die in The Martian. Yeah, no, he's not, still not, doing not work. His real world career, but he's a, a NASA scientist who tries oh, to. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, like, so, my favorite part of The Martian was uh, Childish Gambino. Incredibles. Oh yeah, he was great. You mean, yeah. Incredibles. What Childish Gambino was in Incredibles? No. What are we? T what's the? <laughs> What's this episode about? It's about the Incredibles. Thank you. Finally. So, so wait, hold on. What you're saying is, what we need now is an uh, an animated version of This Is America in the style of The Incredibles. I'd be okay Sorry, with that. Sean Bean. That was the point. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Sean Bean can be the guy who gets shot in the head at the beginning of the, of the music video, and then comes back later on in the music video playing guitar, only to get shot again. He doesn't get shot again. No, 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 no. But this version, he'd have to get shot again because, you know, it's Sean Bean. Yes. Yeah, this is America. You know, I'm surprised with all of the, like, parody films that have existed over the years. No one ever hired Sean Bean to just come in and die immediately in one of those, like, Fairly Brothers parody films. You don't know that any that it was never brought up to Sean Bean. Maybe he refuses to do it on principle. So, <laughs> so you mean he dies on purpose... In, in all these other films, but he won't die, you know, for a laugh. That 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 lowers my ex that lowers my estimation of Sean Bean. 
You know, he his uh, longest running character never died. Uh, John Sharp. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, he died eventually. All right. Age. So this is the <laughs> Sean Bean podcast episode where we talk about and Sean Bean. And my name is Sean. And his many roles, including Syndrome and The Incredibles. Yes. You know what? I would. I would. You know what? That would be actually an interesting live-action version of The Incredibles with Sean Bean and Syndrome. Who would like? Who? Okay. That live-action version of Incredibles. Who? Who? Are you, who? Are, who are you casting? Ah. Okay. It's the voice mm. actor of the Tick's name. He would be Mr. Incredible. Oh, uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he'd be Mr. Incredible for sure. <laughs> so Putty from uh, Seinfeld would be uh, Mr. Incredible. That's that's, that's pretty a, great. That's actually interesting. Okay, all right. So we so Mr. Incredible, we that one's in the can. So we're casting Mr. that. Mr. Incredible. So uh, Mrs. Incredible then, the last girl. Mm-hmm. Who are we casting as the last girl? Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's where my heart goes right away. Yeah, I see. I can see. Oh, that. I want that. I want, want that scojo. <laughs> you know that that kind of works for my uh my marriage story Incredibles thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of on board with that. <laughs> What about Adam Driver for Syndrome, then? That's an interesting yeah, I was, take. I, like, I was going to say, just cast Jason Lee again. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Jason Lee, like, he's a Scientologist, so you may as well. I mean, he's not doing oh, anything. I do not know that. Yeah, he, yeah, last, time I, he last time I saw Jason, Last time I saw Jason Lee was, uh, what, was he doing Stargirl? I think he's in Stargirl. I thought you were going to say uh, it was at the, the grocery store last Thursday. I just ran into him. Yeah, he was there. No, no, it wasn't at the grocery store. It was at the gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was one of those morons still going to the gym. <laughs> and apparently for you, because in the story, that's where you saw him. No, no, I was outside the gym. Because, you know, I like to go there and... The gym staring at the people, judging them? Yeah, I like to go into the gym and watch people as they run on the treadmills eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> what are you, Bart Simpson? Yeah. <laughs> You're a cow, man. Does anyone remember that Simpsons episode where Bart gets a girlfriend and... They just stand outside of a gym eating ice cream, and all the gym goers are just like, like crying. Yeah, that's literally where I got the idea yeah. from. Me, keep up. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the episode, Sean? I don't remember the name of the episode. Aha, I don't I know the you. Simpsons. I don't know the Simpsons that that that's precisely. Anyway, where, where, where were we at? Okay, so this is incredible. Scarlett Johansson, and yes. then Syndrome, and then okay, so is wait, who is Syndrome? Did, Wait, it's either need... Adam Driver, Sean Bean, or Jason Lee still. Maybe mm. just cast Jason Lee again. <laughs> what about Owen or Luke Wilson? I don't... Nah, I don't wow. see that. Maybe... Wow. I think this is just discount wow. Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Like, wow. This, is, this isn't a Wes Anderson movie. Okay. I, I just can't, before, I can't see it. Before you told me you work alone, but now... See, before you told me you work alone, but now you want you you want to apologize. <laughs> Who played, I see how it is. <laughs> Who played Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman? Uh, oh, 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 Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Yeah. Jesse yeah, Eisenberg he, he would, would be good, good, actually. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Not at that all. would be like a redemption. Yeah, that fits actually. <laughs> he doesn't even have to change. He doesn't even have to change. The character he played from Batman v Superman. Yeah, <laughs> just Luther again. Not the he doesn't need to change the look or he, well he probably needs to change the look because they he shaved needs, his he needs hair. Yeah, he needs hair. Yeah, movie. I know they shaved his hair off, but then they put the hair back on. <laughs> so keep... And you know a hot take? Uh, I have a hot take. He's actually not bad in Batman v Superman. Like it's not his fault. 
It's not his fault that they meant to cast Max Landis. I liked him. I thought he reminded me of Syndrome. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, he's not supposed Sorry. to be Syndrome. Full circle, full circle. What about, uh, <laughs> what, what's the daughter's name? Invisible Girl? Yeah. Uh, I the movie. Well, I don't know. I promise. I don't, I don't, she never really gets a superhero name. The kids, the kids never get a superhero name, except for Dash. Like his, his name, name is, his he, name he, is he names Dash. himself. <laughs> He names himself. He says the dash. He calls himself the, the dash. dash. Likes. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we think about uh, Chloe Grace Moretz? Is she? Uh, I don't even know what she's been in lately. She's probably not a kid anymore. But uh, no, she's like a twenty-something-year-old at this point. This is a yeah, little bit too. She, they could play know, younger like, than twenty-something-year-olds play teenagers all the time. Yeah, yeah and sure. it's stupid. And yeah, like, <laughs> hey, it's better than the '90s when they had thirty-somethings playing teenagers. And they had a, also stupid. <laughs> they had a thirty-year-old man all the way around and have a baby play the teenager. Oh god, they had a they had a thirty-year-old. Would it be too convenient to have um, Eleven from Stranger Things play? Ooh. That's not a terrible King of the Monsters. What? No, Nathan. Just making a joke. Same actress. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven from Stranger Uh, Things isn't a bad choice. That's actually a pretty good choice. Either her or the the girl who plays X twenty three and Logan. Mm. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I like her. The challenge to me is the boy. Like, I'm trying to think of a good kid actor. Let's just have Adam Driver. You can just find some annoying kid on the street. If you, I mean, that's all. <laughs> Yo, you kid, come here. Like literally any. Just read, ten- read this line as annoying as possible. <laughs> any ten-year-old boy, like at, who's halfway decent at acting, would be able to play Ash Dash. It's not. That's not a different. <laughs> yeah, grab, grab this, grab this kid. Yo, kid, I need you to read this line as annoying as possible. What for? You're perfect. Get in here. <laughs> I, I, I might know some middle schoolers who would be perfect for the role. Just All putting right. that up. All right, send their information. We'll send it out to Hollywood, and Brad Bird will do it for Incredibles three. Wait, 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 wait. We have done. We're not done casting yet. What about Frozone? Yeah, we Samuel got L. M. F. Jackson. Nobody we else plays Frozone. Nobody. I have another casting. So uh, Edna would still be Brad Bird. <laughs> well they have to do a perspective yeah i don't know I, I feel like hollywood would not be happy with that i feel like there'd be some blowback from that i don't know if robin williams can do it uh, yeah you know what yeah. I, i'm down with brad bird playing whatever he wants <laughs> samuel jackson still mode. has to play frozone so, so plays, who plays frozone's like, wife then it's like you know how when they did uh, lion king Smith. how they had to bring back james earl jones from mufasa yeah same thing here you can't have Frozone without Samuel Jackson. You yep. just can't. Oh, I thought you were going to say, let's, let's like have uh, James Earl Jones Green. be Frozone. No, no, James Earl Jones no, no. plays Frozone's wife. <laughs> Frozone, I am your father. Where's my super suit? Whatever. Why do you need to know? <laughs> my evening is in danger. <laughs> I am the greatest good you greatest. Will ever know. <laughs> Thank you, James Earl Jones. You, you tell me where my suit is, woman. <laughs> you know what? 
I think Samuel Jackson and James Earl Jones just need to do a movie together in yeah. general. Why haven't they? They're not. Yeah. I'd watch it. Uh, a, you know what? Samuel it was Jackson, suck. James Earl Jones, Eddie Murphy, and who else? Oh, Don oh, Cheadle. Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker. There you go. We need someone to be the annoying guy. It's got to be Chris Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> they were both in Patriot games together. Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh, Kevin Hart's even better. Now I kind of want Kevin Hart to play Syndrome, though. Oh, God, yes. Kevin Hart should play Syndrome. Oh, yeah. That would work. That would work so well. Superb. Kevin Hart should play Syndrome. And then uh, I'm thinking, uh, if Samuel Jackson's not available, we can get The Rock to play. uh, (laughs) Or, okay. I don't know if Frozen would work as a big, beefy guy. Frozen's supposed to be, like, thin and, and... Uh, like agile because he's supposed look, to like rock, look the rock can do whatever the rock wants <laughs> <laughs> he's the rock he's he's like he's, he's like you know i don't know what that means you're, if you don't get sick you gotta get you, like, you have you have like, you have dermatological problems somebody else well, run, out like, run out of time run out of time just having some yeah. skin condition on his wrist yeah, this skin pointing at it. yeah i know it's weird it's like he just keeps pointing on his wrist for some reason he's not wearing so, any kind of, any kind of so the incredibles wrist. was incredible it's a pretty it was good amazing one. it was awesome probably one of if not the best pixar movie out there yeah that, that, it's my Disney favorite movie. this is my favorite disney movie of all time well, and that that's 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 you know that's putting it in high praise because you know that's above whoa 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 the whoa little mermaid. that's above the little mermaid whoa 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 i can understand it being the best pixar movie but best disney movie i mean yeah, are you literally trying movie. to tell me that incredibles is better than the black cauldron are you trying to mm. sell me on that idea are you serious trying to sell me on that you know what yeah i am i'm definitely <laughs> trying to tell you that. i don't know black cauldron know- man on account of nobody remembers Black Cauldron except yeah. for me. Uh, <laughs> nobody remembers Black Cauldron. Nobody remembers Black the, Cauldron or the book it was based on. It's only the greatest Disney animated film of all time. Nobody remembers that no one remembers or the book that it was based on except for me. I'm the only person who thought, oh, the Black Cauldron, that looks cool. Let me read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking like idiot. <laughs> I actually went and bought the book. I still own it. I'm not like an idiot. Look at it every time. I look at it every every time I look at it. It reminds me not to be an idiot. <laughs> so that's my that's my that's so you get a review of the Incredibles this episode, and you also get a mini review of the Black Cauldron. Don't watch it. <laughs> or you know, you know if you know if you, if you really want to watch Black Cauldron that bad, just you know email me. And I'll send you a personally recorded message telling you you're an idiot for 55 minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the email is sean at blackcauldronsucks.com. It'll, it'll, it'll be about the, the same amount of time wasted. Actually, it'll be less time wasted on your part because I'll only be calling you an idiot for 55 minutes. I'm pretty sure that movie is like 90 minutes long at the very least. So you'll save time and understand just how stupid you are. I'll say that The Incredibles is incredible. Maybe not one of my favorite movies, but it's definitely on a list of movies that I'll watch just because of the score. Oh, yeah. oh, oh definitely. That's score. About the score. We, damn oh, it. man. Yeah, okay, yeah I was waiting on Nathan boom, boom, to bring boom. that up. We're in the previous episode, guys. Yeah, Nathan did bring it up that it was amazing. That yeah, it was we incredible. We have this episode. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Good. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, Ian, Ian, what's your Ian, what's your take on it then? It's good. What's your review? 
It's good. That's it. That's all you're gonna give it. Incredible soundtrack, right? It's good. No, I'm talking about the movie. It's good. The movie's alright. <laughs> Good movie. Yo, we we only just spent like an hour talking about it, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept. I'll accept that that is just good. Speaking of which, this has been yet another episode of VJ's. Oh. What? What? What let's, happened? Let's all give it. Let's all give it ratings. Like out of ten, what do you rate it? Nine. Ten out of ten. Nine. What? Nine. Uh, that's not a number. Nine. Okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't hear you. You were. Okay. I give it a nine out of ten. All right. Wait, Jim. What, what is this for? Uh, I give it 10 gazer beams out of 10. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gazer beam. And as the host of the podcast, I'm the only opinion that matters. I give it a 10 out of 10 with the JCU podcast stamp of approval. That would have been great if you had been like, so yeah, I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's my favorite Pixar <laughs> film. And we're like, wait a second, hang on. <laughs> I give it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> I give it a 2 out of 10 favorite Pixar film. <laughs> In history of all Pixar. I did a review one time that, that said, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, 8 out of 10. <laughs> like, what crap. happened? <laughs> Who hurt that person? <laughs> what what hardships has that person gone through in life that they see no joy in life, capable of achieving a 10 out of 10? Greatest thing uh, I've ever seen in my entire existence, 6.5 out of 10. It's like, you imagine, you imagine for that person, like, Jesus would have to come back and declare this movie the best movie that ever existed before Jesus he gave it a 10 out of 10. Jesus okay, 8 out of 10. <laughs> it's like, oh, snap. Did you see that? Did you see that? He just healed the sick and raised the dead. 6 out of 10. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, he came back. They killed. raises the sick. <laughs> they killed they killed this dude on a cross and he came back to life. Five out of ten. <laughs> I totally look forward to coming back and talking with you all in twelve years when we get to see Incredible Three. Oh yes. Yeah, it was it was you know, the, uh, the, the 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 cross thing was okay. It was better when he turned the water into wine. That was that was a seven out of ten. But it could have been whiskey. I mean, yeah, I know. Seven out of ten. It could have been whiskey. It could have been whiskey. He could he could have given us some, you know, Jim Bean or some, you know, wild turkey. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Trash in the temples. Ten out of ten in my book. Yeah. Seven point five out of ten. Give it an extra point five on account of I like watching those guys get their butts whooped. <laughs> we are currently at an hour thirteen. But we're definitely gonna. Thank you, Big Ben. You know what? Well, you know what. I definitely look forward to Incredibles 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Incredibles Endgame, uh, Incredibles uh, the new, Civil War, Incredibles the new class, Incredibles Homecoming, Incredibles Far From Home, Incredibles Returns, Incredibles Forever, Incredibles and Robin. Don't forget Incredibles Inside Out. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Unleashed. Incredibles, Incredibles begin. Whichever Incredibles has uh, Incredible. Incredibles and Furious, uh, Incredible, the fate of the Incredibles. <laughs> Incredibles Winter Soldier. Incredibles the First Avenger. In, in, on that, note. <laughs> that note, this has been yet another episode of the JCU Podcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you are all caught up. I want to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in. You could be listening to any podcast in the world. But you're here with us and we appreciate that i want to thank our good friend nathan for providing our themes so please check out his website at nathantownscomposer.com again you can find us on itunes spotify rss feeds listen notes and youtube 
So please like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell so you don't miss a new episode. So for the, myself, for the rest of the JCU crew here, to all you JCU crewmates out there, it has been our pleasure, privilege, and honor to be with you today. So this is us signing out. Oh, and remember, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and wear your masks. Peace. Bye. Stay in school, drink your milk. Stay milk. in milk, drink your school.